Welcome to the Halakha Hour here on JRoot Radio, live on Wednesday afternoon, I believe today, not I believe, it is the 10th of Shabbat, Tavshin Ein Vav, and we are here filming and airing on live. So if you'd like to watch us, also you could go on jrootradio.com, where over there you have the video to watch this live. And of course you have the archives after this, so you can always go back to jrootradio.com and you can watch the videos of this class and all the other classes on uh, here that are aired on jradio.com. Quick, just one phone number. If you'd like to text in a question or a comment, the text in number to text in the number is 347-927-8398. We'll give you the number to call in after the class if you have a question regarding the subject today. The subject that we're discussing today was Sunda Hakotum Muksev and we usually work off the Benish High. The subject today is a subject of toys, uh, playing with ball, uh, basketball, and all the different types of sports, and what's their status as far as Mukse is concerned, and other things. We spoke about it, I know, last week a little bit, but we didn't have, because of the time, we didn't have the chance to really elaborate. But at the same today, we hope to elaborate on it, and we'll also speak about pets, animals, and all the other goodies, but at the same in the if we have time, no promise anything, but if we do have time, we would like to also maybe bring in a few halachot of berachot. As you know, next Sunday night is Tubushbat, the 15th of Shabbat. We don't say Anna, we don't say Tachnun on Monday, and even on Sunday afternoon in Minha. But besides that, the Gemara tells us, the Mishnah says in Rosh Hashanah that Tubushbat is Hag Ha'ilan, it's the holiday of the Ilan, and we hold like Betelin on the 15th of Shabbat, that's when it's really Rosh Hashanah, too, of, uh, of all the trees, not the Hag, but the Rosh Hashanah, the song, I believe, is Hag Ha'ilan. Okay, let's get back to our subject. Our subject is toys and balls specifically. So let's begin from the beginning, from the source. We'll begin from the Shohan Aruch, it's Man Shin Hit, Sa'if Mem over there, the Shohan Aruch writes the following words. I'll read and then translate. Asur It is forbidden to play on Shabbat and Yom Tov with a ball. Now, you can't tell me Maran over here means, no, this means you can't play, but it doesn't mean it's Mokseh. You can't say that because Shinhet is the Simana deals with the Halachot of Mokseh. So why is Maran bringing it here? Clearly, it's, and anyway, if you look in the Beit Yosef, you'll see clearly that's what he holds. That's the way everybody explains him. Maran holds balls on Shabbat and Yom Tob are forbidden. Ramah comes in and says, Ve'yesh matirin, there are those who permit it. Ve'nahagu lehakel, and they were no heg to be lenient. So it seems like over here, classic mahloki between the Shuhana Ruch and the Ramah. Or as it would be translated more, it would be mahloki between the Sfaradim and the Ashkenazim. According to Maran, where this, whom the Sfaradim follow, it is forbidden to play with a ball on Shabbat, and therefore it's mukseh. According to the Ramah, no, nahagula hakedem and hagis to be lenient, the balls are therefore not mukseh. We want to understand now why, why is there mahlokit? Why does the Shuhan Aruch hold what he holds, and why does Ramah hold what he holds? So if you look in Maran, you really under, to understand the reasons of Maran, you have to go back to the source. Where's the source? All of the words of the Shohan Aruch, if you want to know what the reasons are, you have to go back to the Beit Yosef. In the Beit Yosef, Maran brings 
the opinion of one of the Rishonim known as the Shibbolei HaLeket. In his Sefer in Shibbolei HaLeket, he writes over there that the balls are disgusting and dirty, and therefore they're not even ra'ui, they can't even be used for anything else. You can't even use them to cover your pots and your dishes with. They're all so dirty, they're full of mud. So don't tell, usually the classic rule is something, as long as it has some sort of function, then we could use it for that function, although that's not its main function. Le mashal, we saw by a hammer. Hammer is not made for something to be done on Shabbat. The hammer is made to, to, to nail in nails into the wall. That's what a hammer is. It's made for building. Building is a surah on Shabbat. However, being that I could use the hammer to crack a coconut, to crack walnuts, so then I, I could use it for something that's mutar. So it doesn't become 100% fully mukseh. As opposed to now over here, the Shubhulah Halek, it says, bold, they're very dirty, disgusting. What do you use it for? To cover your pot with it? What do you use it for? You can't. It's disgusting. You won't use it. That's one reason that it's brought down in Shubhulah Halek. Shubhulah quotes a Midrash, which is also found in the Yerushalmi, which we'll talk about more at length later on. The Midrash says that there was an area in Yerushal in, 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 uh, in Eris Israel known as Tur Shimon, which is probably the heart of Shimon, whatever it was. So that area was destroyed. Says the Midrash, why was it destroyed? Do you think it's because it was destroyed because of Zenut, of uh, adultery, because of kind of things like that? No. The Midrash says there was one girl and they kicked her out of the place. So they were very careful in Zenut. So why was it destroyed? Says the Midrash, you know why? Because they played with ball on Shabbat. So from these two reasons in the Beit Yosef, Maran rules in his Shulchan Aruch that balls are forbidden. You're not allowed to play with ball on Shabbat and Yom Tov. Two reasons. Ramah, his reason for permitting balls on Shabbat, you look also in the Beit Yosef, the Beit Yosef also quotes the opinion of Tosafot. Tosafot sounds like they're saying that it's mutar. Over there, the subject is not in, uh, you know, for our discussion. It's a bigger subject than our discussion. Over there, it's talking about carrying a child on Yom Tob. Do you, is it only permitted to carry the child on Yom Tob for the sake of a mitzvah? You want to take him for a brit milah? How could you take a baby out also for a stroll? Over there, Tosafot says, yeah, of course you can take a baby out for a stroll. Just like they take out bulls. It's like they, the bulls, they take them out in the Rishut Arabim. And now you can't tell me your bull is taken out for a mitzvah. So therefore... It's fine to take out the baby. That's the words of Tosafot. You understand from the words of Tosafot that they were taking out, they, they, they had whatever balls they had back then, they were taking them out in Rishut Rabim on Yom Tob. And we know when it comes to the laws of Mukseh, Yom Tob is not any less stringent in Mukseh than Shabbat is. In some areas, Yom Tob is even more strict. It's even more strict in Mukseh than Shabbat. So therefore, if something is not Mukseh for Yom Tob, it's not going to be Mukseh for Shabbat either. So that's the opinion of Tosafot, and the Ramah says Nahagu and the Minhago is already was already to be lenient to uh, what it says to I guess to play or to have a ball on Shabbat to move it. It's not considered mukseh. So the question that everybody wants to know: One second, one second. Hold on. This is a ball that's talking that Maran, the ball that Maran is Oser. That's only in their days, not in our days. That's usually the classic uh, defense, right? In their days, the bull, as Maran himself quotes, it was disgusting, full of mud. Nowadays, the bulls, they're made for such a thing. They're, they're clean and beautiful, right? So maybe the law changes. So really, the question is like this. 
according to the ruling of Shohan Aruch, Maran, what would the status of balls in our days be? They're made for playing. They're cleaner than they were in the olden days. So what would be the status as far as Mukse is concerned? So believe it or not, it's a mahlokit. Huh? Surprise, it's a mahlokit. Yes, it is. Mahlokit is amongst the Ahronim, obviously, who live in our days that see what the ball is all about. If you look in Shemirat Shabbat Kilchata, he quotes in the name of Shomo Zaman Orbach, that balls in our days are not muksei. Why? They're made for this purpose. You find also Shalmei Yehuda and Rishbut Yitzhak, both of them quoting Ravel Yashiv, that say, balls in our days are not muksei. Why? They're made for that purpose. They're clean. Shevet Alevi also writes the same thing. In our days that the balls are made for that purpose, they're not muksei. And if you look in Hazon Abriya on top, he also writes... Of the same, he brings the words of Rav Yashiv and the Shevet Levi. They says in our days, being that the balls are made for that purpose, they're not mukse. Okay, now that's the people who are matir. You have Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach, Rav Yashiv, Rav Shmuel Vozner, and Haz and Hakam Abadiyat Zechat Sadiq On the other side, on the flip side, you have Aharonim in our days that are oser. Who are the Aharonim that are oser? Well. First one already, Menuhat Ahaba, Menuhat Ahaba Moshe Levi writes at length that balls in our days are still mukse, even though in our days they're made for that purpose, it's still mukse. Why? Why? He says because let's look at this Bulei Halekit. Remember, Shohana Ruch, his words come from Shibulei Halekit in the Beit Yosef. He quotes why balls are asur because of Shubhul HaLeket. So he says, look at Shubhul HaLeket, open it up and see what he writes about balls yourself and you understand why balls are still muksay. I want to read to you now the words of Shubhul HaLeket and I would like to elaborate and explain it. Shubhul HaLeket writes like this. He says, Abal elu hakadurim shalanu afilu kelilo hashibe. True, the words of Shubhul HaLeket are about 600 years old, if not 650 perhaps. But he writes like this, the balls in his days, they're not considered a keli. Remember we defined in the Chot Mukseh, the definition of a keli is anything that has a purpose. He says balls do not have a person. They don't have the status of a keli, a utensil on Shabbat. Again, of course it's a keli, it has a purpose to play with. But according to Buddha, like it, he says they don't. You know why? Because they're made for playing. And the fact that you thought about playing with it, the fact that you're using it to play, that's not good enough to qualify it as a ball. As a keli, excuse me, as a keli. One more time. Shubhalalek is saying, basically, the fact that a person had intention or has the purpose of playing with a ball, that playing is not good enough to qualify it as a keli. Kind of like we want to compare it to something else. Let's give you a mashal. Basically, what Shabbat Alekha is saying like this. Just because you thought about playing with it on Shabbat, that thinking doesn't qualify to be a keli. Kind of like forbidden material to read on Shabbat. There are things that you're not allowed to read on Shabbat. We learned it in the past in Parashat Ve'ishlah and the Ben Yishai regarding the halachot of what a person is allowed to read on Shabbat when he's not allowed to read on Shabbat. So over there, we spoke about Shtarei Hediotot, documents that are not Torah. They're not Torah-oriented Documents have to do nothing to do with your health. Uh, let's give you an example: a paper that has on it advertisements. Are you allowed to read advertisements on Shabbat? No, you're not allowed to read what's on sale. Why? Because that's called Shadahed Yotot. 
Those are documents that Hazal have forbidden. So now, if a person now has a paper and he's written something on it, does that make the paper into keli? It's not a keli. That's what on Shabbat. You're not allowed to read those kind of things on Shabbat. So just like over there, it turns into keli shmelachtole isur because you're not allowed to read it. Here's where I like it goes a little further. He says, playing in itself does not render something to keli. And therefore, Muhata Habao holds, even though nowadays the bowls are made for the sake of playing. Maybe in those days, they're made for something else and then they convert it to playing. But he says, in our days, they are made from the beginning for the sake of playing. Even though it's clean, but it doesn't make a difference. For the sake of playing, it's not good enough to qualify it as a bowl. And this is also, now, this is also the ruling of Huchani, the Huchani, who is Rav Nisim Karel, it's one of the biggest post scheme today, alive, Hashem should keep him well and alive, he lives in Bnei Brak. He also rules in the Sefer that bowls in our days, according to this Faradim, it should be forbidden. And it seems to be that way from the Haggahot of Ishmat Sliyah, that he, because he quotes Menuhat Ahaba. The Oletiyon also forbids the bowls in our days for a different reason. He says, if you look in the Beit Yosef, we just quoted you the Beit Yosef, and he says there are two reasons why bowls are mukseh. Number one is because they're disgusting. Given. Nowadays, they're not disgusting. They're very clean. But number two, it says over there, Maram brings the Midrash, which is called in Shbulei Leged, that the place called Tushman was destroyed because they played ball. So for that reason alone, the fact that it's such a, a, a severe thing to play ball on Shabbat, it turns the ball into something forbidden, and therefore it remains Mukseh. So these two reasons... The, the Aharonim that we just listed, I'll repeat them. The Orletziyom and Hat Ahaba, Hochani, and seems to be Ishmat as well. For the reasons that the ball was the reason for destroying Tushimon, and therefore it seems to be a special Gezera on it that the ball remains Mukseh even in our days. And according to the second reason, being that's made for playing, the act of playing itself does not render something into Mukse, into a keli, into a utensil to remove it from the status of mukseh. Now this last reason, don't take it lightly, because it's also the reason of the Magen Abraham and Mishnah Berurah. Magen Abraham and Mishnah Berurah, both of them say that the balls explain, of course, when they come to explain Maran, you know, their own opinion doesn't bring, but again, in explanation of Maran, they mention, and they, don't, they mention the Shubhulah Leke, basically, but they explain that being that the ball is made for playing, the act of playing does not render it into a keli. So you can throw on the list in our days also the Meshnabi and the Magen Abraham. They'll hold also that balls in our days should also remain mukse. Now, question is as follows. If you're telling the act of playing itself does not make something into a keli, does not transform it to something that's mutar, we learned in the past that if I take something mukseh, even the worst level mukseh, in the categories of mukseh, mukseh Muhammad gufo is the most severe form of mukseh, stone, dirt, um, uh, scrap piece of wood. All those, we learn that they are mukseh, Muhammad gufo. If they come into Shabbat as mukseh, there's nothing for you to do. You can't pick it up. You can't move it. The only thing you can do is perhaps kick it or do some other things. So now, the question is, we learned that if I would like to convert a brick into a door stopper, I could do that before Shabbat. How do I do it before Shabbat? Come before Shabbat and use it 
as a doorstopper or say I am going to use this as a doorstopper. So the question is, why? if I want to remove the bowl from being mukse, why can I do this? Why can I take it from before Shabbat and then designate it or use it for something that's mutar? You want to know what something's mutar? Take a soccer ball, which these Ahronim are holding that's mukse, and use it to cover your Negev Vasar cup. You know what Negev Vasar is, right? I'll say it in, uh, in Sfaradi. Your Netilat Yadayim cup. You want to use the ball as a cover to your Netilat Look, I found a purpose for it. It's not disgusting. True, I'm not using it for, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be Mukse when it's made for playing. I'm not using it for playing. I'm using it to cover the Netilat Yadayim cup. Why can't I do that? The answer to that is, based on the halakha that we learned also in the past, in order to transform Mukse Mahmad Gufo into Klis Mahtol Heter, in order to transform, for example, the stone into a doorstopper, in our days, the fact that people don't usually use such an item for the purpose that you want to use it, you need to designate it for that purpose forever. You need to convert the brick into a doorstopper forever. You can't put it back into the pile of bricks to be placed in the building after Shabbat. So, we come back to the bowl. If you want to take the bowl out of the status of Mukseh by using it as a Netilat Yadayim cup cover, you must turn it into a Netilat Yadayim cup cover forever. And you're not going to do that because otherwise, why would you buy a $20 soccer ball or, or basketball in order that you should use it as an Etilat Adam cover? Obviously, you're not going to use it back as a basketball or a soccer ball. So, for that reason, Rav Nisim Karel, it says, in our days, you really, according to the ones who hold, which is Maran Shohan Aruch, and these Ahronim that hold that balls in our days are still Mukseh, you can't really convert the ball into Kris Makhtol Heter. It remains Mukseh. Okay, now we've discussed balls in our days according to obviously Shohan Aruch. Because remember, according to the Ramah, it's not Mukseh anyway. According to Ramah, there's no Heg that they permit it. So I want to focus a little bit now on the Ramah, just to go back to the Ramah now, who permits or who says, No Hagin Lakir, the Menhag is to be lenient with playing ball on Shabbat. I would like to discuss a few points regarding playing ball on Shabbat that people should be aware of. Even the Ramah, who's Matir, who permits playing ball on Shabbat. He himself will tell you that the following is also something to look out for. Number one is, if when we permitted playing ball on Shabbat for the Ashkenazim, it's only permitted on something concrete or some place that's tiled. Basically, you cannot play on grass. You cannot play on something that's dirt. The Shemarat Shabbat, he says even more. He says, you can only play with the ball indoors. Outdoors, you cannot play with it. You know why? Because when you play outdoors, although there's concrete, but there's also dirt all around. So we're skating in a play on dirt. Now the question is, what's the big deal to play with a ball on dirt? What's the problem? And the answer is what we call asvuyeg gumot. You're creating holes in the ground. Although your intention is not to create holes in the ground. And you couldn't care less. But le ma'ase, you are. The fact is that when you do play on dirt and you're running, you're digging up holes, and that is a problem of a tolda of Zoraya. Although, again, it's not your intention, but it's a psikreshe. You can't do something that's permitted on Shabbat while, automat- while f- causing something asur immediately to happen. Even though your intention is only, of course, for the heter. The classic case of psikreshe is I want to open up the fridge to take out a can of soda. Mutar or not? Mutar, what's the problem? But if there's a light on, and I open the fridge and the light goes on, that's forbidden. 
Even though my intention is not for the light, I could care less for the light. It doesn't make a difference. The fact that the light is going on, it's called the psikreshe when I open the door. So, the halakha tells us, when I do something that's permitted on Shabbat, and it automatically causes something forbidden to happen, it's known as a psikreshe, and it's forbidden. So to play with a ball, according to the Ramah, is forbidden to play outdoors, according to the Shemirat Shabbat even on concrete outdoors, if there's dirt around. You can only play in a place where there's no dirt around, like indoors and whatever else. So that kind of limits your playing to indoors. You can't do it outside. Number two, when playing with a ball, it's very common that it happens. If a person is playing, the ball sometimes deflates. You can't inflate it on Shabbat. So that's also something to keep in mind. You cannot inflate a ball on Shabbat, although that's debatable, but still, it's something to keep in mind. You shouldn't inflate the ball on Shabbat. Now, if the ball pops, then becomes back to mukseh. Why? Because you can't use it for anything. It's completely destroyed. You can't put air back into it. It's not made for anything else at all. And therefore, it remains, it becomes mukse. So although the, let's go with the people who are like the Ramah, to permit playing ball on Shabbat, or to permit, let's say that balls are not mukse on Shabbat, moving it after it's deflated is forbidden, because once it pops, there's no use for it whatsoever. Next. Another thing to keep in mind, and this is Shemrat Shabbat Kechata brings, uh, brings down, there's an Isur on Shabbat to use a tree. What does it mean to use a tree? You can't use a tree for anything. You can't lean on the tree. You can't take your jacket and hang it on a nail that's on the tree. You can't hang it on the tree. You can't climb up the tree. All this is forbidden on Shabbat. Why? Because we're scared that you're going to pull off a branch. Who's we? Not me. Not the rabbis in our generation. Not the rabbis of the last generation. The rabbis of the Gemara, Hazal. It's like any Gizera de Rabbanan. We are forbidden to use a tree on Shabbat out of fear that you might come to break off a branch. And even if you're such a Chacham and you're so smart and you're, you're going to be careful, you're not going to break anything, it doesn't make a difference. It's Gizera de Rabbanan. We may not climb a, up, a, up a tree. We cannot u, uh, use a tree because it is because of this Gizera. So therefore, if uh, children are playing with a ball, and the ball finds itself on top of a tree, you can't climb up the tree to bring it. You can't bring it down from the tree because you're using the ilan. Now, I'll go even further. The Shemesh Baal says another very important point to keep in mind. If a person is playing bowling, he's playing soccer, and, or he's playing football, and on Friday, the ball gets stuck in the tree. So you come into Shabbat where the ball is on the tree. Says the Shemesh Baal it is forbidden to bring the ball down on Shabbat, which we learned already. But not only that, even the ball falls out on Shabbat by itself. The wind comes and blows the ball down on Shabbat. That ball remains asur. Why? It entered Shabbat on the tree. Since during the entering of Shabbat, which we know as Ben Hashbashot, you were not allowed to bring the ball down. So the ball comes into Shabbat as Muqseh Mahmat Isur. It's kind of like the fruits we discussed in the past, if you have a fruit on a tree that's still hanging on a tree, connected to the tree, and you didn't pick it before Shabbat, when Shabbat comes and a windstorm comes and blows the fruits down, they remain mukseh because they came to Shabbat connected to the tree and you weren't able to pull it out because it'll be an Isu Tolesh. So therefore, they remain in their mukseh status throughout the whole Shabbat. This is the same thing with the bull, by the way. If the bull comes into Shabbat on the tree, now Shabbat is now since I couldn't get it and I still can't get it on Shabbat because it's on the tree, 
Even if the wind blows it down, it still remains Muksa. But this is only true if the ball was there before Shabbat. If the ball ended up on the tree on Shabbat, and the wind blew it down, although I can go up, but the wind blew it down, then it would be permitted, it would not be Asur. Up till now, we spoke about the laws of Mukseh regarding balls. What we said according to the Rama, who permits ball on Shabbat, and according to Maran, who forbids the ball playing on Shabbat, and we saw that there's a Mahloket Ahronim as well regarding the balls in our days. I would like to make to point out something very, very important. And that is, up to now, we only spoke about the technicalities of the status of Muqseh. I was careful, or maybe I miss, maybe I didn't catch myself all the time, but I was trying to avoid the word playing with the ball on Shabbat. Why? Because playing with the ball on Shabbat and the ball being Muqseh are two different categories. They're two different worlds. I would like to quote to you now Sefarim inside. I usually don't do this. You know, I speak a lot of things outside. If I'll quote, I'll quote the Benish High inside or Maran. But here, I'm, I have to, because of the severity of the subject, as you yourself will see, and you'll judge it for yourself, you'll see, there's something very severe. It's not such a simple thing to just go ahead and play ball on Shabbat. Yeah, let's look at some of the Ahronim and the, and the earlier Ahronim and the late Ahronim, what they speak about when they speak about playing ball on Shabbat. And what they speak about it. Before we get to this halakha, I would like to give you a little bit of an introduction. There's a concept out there. There's something known out there that is the, not known, but what I see, unfortunately, sometimes out there is something known as the abuse of halakha, which means although the halakha permits something, but people, you know, people abuse the heter of the halakha, and they take it to an extreme. And I guarantee that's not what the halakha meant when they said it's mutar. I want to give you an example. We all know that in order to pray in a minyan, you need 10 men. That's a fact, right? If you have 9 men, it doesn't work. You need 10 men to pray with a minyan. And the halakha tells us, when it comes to hazarat hashas, when it comes to saying hazara, Maran says, if you don't have 9 people answering, the hazara, it's very close to the beracha of the person the hazan saying is beracha lebatala. So therefore, you got to make sure that before you start the hazan, you have people who are answering. You have a million of people that are answering you. Nine people. Some say even the hazan can be counted part of the nine. Fine. Okay, they're material. So now, what would you say in the following case? You have a shul as a regular minyan at seven o'clock. And, you know, they have to finish, they have to pray at 7 because they have to finish by 7.45, 8 o'clock. So people rush out to work. You know, they have to go to work. And now it's vacation time. It's a summer. People are away. And they, you know, the regular minyan of 30 people has dwindled down to about, you know, 10, 12 people. That particular day, one particular day, eight people show up to minyan. So eight people is no minyan. So they're calling up people, come on, you're coming, you're coming, you're coming. It's already 7.10. Finally, two guys roll into the shul. It's already 7.10, okay? So now the people are in a rush. They have to rush to work. So people who roll into the shul, they go. Instead of coming and praying right away, catching up to the minyan, no. They go get a cup of coffee because it's, you're allowed to drink before, right? You're allowed to drink before tefillah, no? So they want to bring you a cup of coffee. Okay, they're not doing anything. So we're fine. Now, they want to put on the talit and tefillin. They take their time. Very slowly. All of a sudden, they have the greatest kavanot. They're ready 10, 15 minutes late, right? And the whole minyan is waiting for them. 
Now, instead of catching up to the Tzibur, they realize that everybody needs them. So they decide all of a sudden to start from the beginning with Palel Hana. They want to start from the beginning of Korbanot. So now the Tzibur has to wait an extra 20 minutes because these guys are late. We started at 7. Now we can't even continue until these guys catch up to us. Now, are they doing, technically, the two people who came late, are they doing anything against Halakha? What do you want from that? They're drinking coffee before Tefillah. So Haruk says, if a person needs to drink something, he needs it, and the Haronim permit it, okay. So you don't like coffee, fine, tea, without sugar. And uh, they want to pray Korbanot, what's the problem? They're praying Lechatela, what's the problem? Obviously, even though according to Halakha, there is no problem, but you clearly see there's something wrong over here. Right? Come on, you're abusing your rights to the Halakha. Dalcha allowed you to what? Allowed you to drink before, but not now when everybody's waiting for you. Although, and although you're right, like is supposed to pray from the beginning. So come on time or come early and pray from the beginning. Don't come late and you know that everybody needs you and schlep the whole minyan and make everybody wait for you. There you're taking it and you're abusing it. This is the same with many halachot. Things are permitted, but it's when Hazal told us, or when the Torah is permitted, if you abuse it, then, or if you use it in the wrong way, you're abusing the rights of the halakha, and it ruins the whole heter. Who's going to be koveya? Who decides what's called abusing the halakha or not? You're right. It's not given to me or anybody on my level to decide. But we all agree that there's poskim and there's gidolei hador before us who've decided, who've discussed this, who've mentioned the subject. So I'd like to begin with the <coughs> words of the Maharitats. Who's the Maharitats? Rabbeinu Yom Tob, Moreno Harab Yom Tob, Tzahalon. Wah, who's that? If you notice, Maharitats is quoted a lot by Biur Halakha, sometimes brings him one of the early Ahronim. His father is of Moses Sahalon, who was one of the students of the Shohan Aruch, of Maran, Rabbi Yosef Karo, the Shohan Aruch, lived in Tzfat. The Shud Maharitats in Siman Bet. I've highlighted over here only a few parts I would like to read. He says like this. When it comes to the heter of playing ball on Shabbat, he says like this. When Ramah was matir or Tosafot was matir, it was only because It was only in the case where they played just a little bit, but the majority of the Shabbat, they spent it when they were learning Torah or doing acts of mitzvot. But they were going afterwards to listen to the Rashot. And they're going to make sure to pray. They don't miss Minha because they're playing ball. They don't miss Shahrit. They don't cut out Shahrit because they're playing ball. This is where they allowed the case of playing ball on Shabbat. I'm going to skip a little bit. Not so, he continues to say, and not so in the case in his days. People were playing ball on Shabbat, and as a result, they were not coming to shul. They were doing all different types of averot. They're missing out on playing, and they were betting on the games. They're doing all these different types of things, and he says, so therefore, it should be forbidden. Now you can say, one second. It's, hold on, what are they doing? They're playing. Playing is mutar or not? You see clearly that he takes into account who's playing, and what are they doing when, because of the playing. What, how is it affecting them? It's not the act of playing by itself. And then he says like this, and he says in our case, where people are playing, it's causing them to do all these other Averod. Therefore, 
לכתוב נגד עושי רשעה ונגד המורים להקים נותנים יד לפושעים. He said it's an obligation for all the great rabbis of the generation to write against this and to speak against the rabbis who permit the playing of the ball on Shabbat as we see what's happening. And unfortunately, people don't understand. They don't learn from the Takanot HaKamim. They only learn from when the problems happen. And then in another answer, Teshubah, he writes something even more harsh. Rabotai, brace yourself. These are not my words. These are not Uri Nahum's words. These are the words of the Maharitats from around 450 to 500 years ago. He, likes, he writes the following. Hamsahakim bekadur b'shabbat yishtahku atzmotam begehinam. Harsh words. <laughs> It's not my words. The, wor the people who play ball on Shabbat, the borns should burn in Gehinam. The playing ball has caused so much sin. And those rabbis in his days who were permitting this ball playing, because they say there's a Ramah, he's saying, don't call them rabbis. They're spitting out poison. They're giving them the wrong psak. Not because, again, the psak is correct, the Ramaz Matir. No! He's not Matir in such a case. The youngsters and the young rabbis were leaving the advice and the psak of the elder rabbis. And he says, don't allow them to give such a psak. People are listening to the young rabbis who permit it and they're not listening to the Gidolei Hador who forbid it. He writes, you can't just permit things. Not things, not everything that's mutar, you have the permission to go ahead and permit it. He writes, how many times do we see that the Gemara says, it's mutar, but we cannot, you cannot tell this to regular people. There's a lot of halakhot. The Gemara is full of that. In Shohan Aruch, there's a few examples where it's mutar, but we don't say this to the people because they don't understand. Well, so why is it, if it's mutar, why is it written there? It's because it's written there because it's the rabbis need to know how to deal with it when you have a combination of other different heterim. Give you an example. Halakha brings down it's a gemara that although uh, it's permitted for a woman to technically get an aliyah, but you're not enkibur hakamim, and that's halakha shaharuch. We don't give women aliyot. Maran says you can't give women aliyot. So who's going to go ahead now and give a aliyah to a woman? So why is Halakha say it? So you have to know that Halakha says it to learn other things from it. You go ahead and say, oh, the Halakha is permitting and you're giving a woman aliyah, shalom, naked, psak of Baran, everybody else. So you're going to tell me, okay, that's a maharitat. So harsh words. But back then, maybe the situation is different. But let me tell you, the situation is not different. Nowadays it's worse. Somebody once told me, he was once in the shul, and it was an Ashkenazi shul, a little bit modern, but still, he said, the rabbi got up and he said, you know, Rabbi, I have to say this, but when the Ramah permitted playing ball on Shabbat, it's one thing if a person has a ball and he wants to play little cats with his son in the backyard, okay, we say that, I understand. But to make a tournament on Shabbat, a basketball tournament on Shabbat, Shema Yisrael, and that's really what we tell you. You think it's just playing ball? There are tournaments. People miss tefillah. 
And of course, you're sweaty. And because they're sweaty, they have to take showers. And when they take showers, all the, all the Isurim, they take hot showers, which is a problem of Bishu, which is the Oraita. And don't forget the Sahita that comes out of it after coming out of, after coming out of the shower. Could you do all these things in a way that's mutar? Of course you could. But could you guarantee that people are doing it by their And let's not forget, the people are probably playing ball on Shabbat. They're probably not playing so clean. And forget, forget about the words that they use. Just listen to the words that they use when they play during the week. True, well, we can't stop them when during the week from these words. But on Shabbat, when you give them the heter, you can't close your eyes and say, Oh, it's mutar, it's mutar. You have Hakam Abadiyah who says it's not mukseh. Hold on a second. What have I just quoted to you? Hakam Abadiyah himself writes. What I just said, I got it from Hakam Abadiyah. We think I know how to look up maharitats. We think I sit down and read the maharitats. Hakam Abadiyah brings down. So even though he said the ball is technically not mukseh, has for shalom to play with the ball on Shabbat. Now I'd like to quote to you the the Badeh Shulhan. Badeh Shulhan is not Rav Faival Kohen. The Badeh Shulhan of I'm quoting is the Ha'arot on Ketzot HaShulhan, Rav Haim Na'eh. He brings like this, he brings the name of the Maharshal. He says, He says, it's very strange to permit playing ball on Yom Tob. He's arguing on the Ramah. The Maharshal, by the way, is a cousin of the Ramah. And he writes, this, by the way, the permission that the Ramah was mati was only for little kids, not for the for adults. It's a very evil minhag. If I have the power, I will stop such a thing. And then he quotes a famous midrash, and he says the midrash says, why is it that the place called Tur Shimon was destroyed because they played ball on Shabbat? And he says over there, when they played ball on Shabbat, he says over there that the Midrash says, by the way, this city, Tushimon, was a city of Hesed. They used to give so much food to the Anim. It was known as such a Hesed city. And still, with all the Zechuyot, the fact that they played ball didn't save them. Then he writes, Even those who permitted playing ball on Shabbat, like Tosafot, they only did it, they only permitted it for it's coincidental. Because really what they, they came to define that status of mukseh of a ball. And they said there's no mukseh when it comes to a ball. But to waste your time, the precious time on Shabbat with nonsense, with playing. You have no greater disgrace of Shabbat than this. And he quotes the famous words, which are Kafahim, we said it in the past. The Gemara says it, Lonet nu Shabbatot ve'yom tov l'Israel, ela kedela asok ve'hem betorah. The Shabbatot and the holidays were given to the Jews. Why? Not to play ball, but in order that they should be our second in the Torah. She called him what the Holy Terudim Mlachdam. The whole week they're busy at work, and now is the time for them to be able to go to classes, to be able to focus a little bit more on Ruhaniyut, spend time with the kids. He says, look at Tushimon. Because of ball, they didn't desecrate it with the Melacha. They weren't driving on Shabbat. They weren't cooking on Shabbat. They were playing ball. It caused the whole city and airside to be destroyed. And the sin... Of playing ball caused Tushimon to happen, even though it's only Sur Mukseh. So you see, it's not just a playing ball, it's 
Excuse me, it's not just because it's mukse, it's a playing ball. It completely removes the whole kedushah of Shabbat. And of course, let's not forget all the avirot that come with it. Now, I want to read to you one final line that the Badeh Suhan says, This whole concept of playing ball is really the, where does the custom come from? It's not a Jewish thing, it's a non-Jewish thing. Yeah, okay, I'm not telling you not to be sports-like in the weekday. Be sports-like, but he's just telling you where does it come from? And where did it start from? They started this, the whole act of sports is really to prepare for themselves for war. It's a battle. Every game is a competition. Listen, I play ball, but he's just telling you the source of it. The whole thing is a competition. Why? Because they want to go and fight. And that's where the people, the light-handed people in our generation went and did it. So, we have more to say, obviously. There's plenty more, but I'm not going to go through everything. I think we said enough that we should understand that playing ball is not discussed in the, in the halakha. Playing ball, all the Aharonim of our days write very, very severe things. It seems to be something very, very forbidden, very, very problematic when it comes to playing ball. Why? It's not if it's mukseh or not, Abotai. Don't, don't get thrown away with that. If mukseh, not mukseh, don't get lost in that technical thing. Yes, there are people in our days that hold the balls are mukseh, like we said, of Nisim Karelitz and uh, the old Bracha and Menuhat Ahaba and others hold that even today nowadays the balls are mukseh. And there are, there are post game who say nowadays balls are not mukseh, but everybody, everybody agrees. Playing ball is not only forbidden on Shabbat. But it's very, very hamur, very, very severe. So therefore, let me ask you, so if it's, if it's, you tell me it's a suit to play with it and it's not mukseh, so make up your mind. Can I move a ball or not move a ball on Shabbat? So I hope by now you're convinced you can't play ball on Shabbat. And certainly to make tournaments and to go, that's for sure forbidden. So don't make it like a Sfaradi Ashkenazi thing. Ah, if it's Sfaradi, you can't play ball on Shabbat, but Ashkenazi, you could play. No, no. Even Ashkenazi cannot play ball. Who could play ball? Children. On the age of bar mitzvah, you can find you can let them play ball. They're not, you know, they're not up to the age of hayub. If that's what they want, and they want to play a little bit, fine. Don't let them get lost in it. That there are some matirim, certainly little kids who don't understand at all. For them, a ball sometimes would be. It's not even mukseh for them. You know why? Because it's made to make make them quiet. You know those little like uh, puffy balls that like uh, they they feel like a pillow almost, and little kids hold them. You know, keep them quiet. It's not say even according to the Sfaradim, even according to the Mahmirim. Why? Because that type of ball is made, to, is made to keep the kid quiet. You have a two-year-old, a toddler, when he holds onto his ball and he bites on it, keeps him, keeps him quiet, you're allowed to pick it up and give it to him. That's not Muqseh. Even if you're not giving it to him. It's not Muqseh. Why? Because it's made, it's like a pacifier. It keeps the kid quiet. And that applies, by the way, to other toys as well. Other toys as well, other toys as well, if it's made just to keep kids quiet, even those who are mahmir will admit, will, uh, will agree over here that these type of toys will not become mukse. But other types of games, let's say Monopoly and other things, there the old Litzion has a hadush and he says that since we find that the Midrash was very mahmir when it comes to playing ball, perhaps there was something special about the ball. But other ball, but other toys, although adult men cannot play them because of Betul Torah, but still, we're not make it mukseh. Women, even Sfaradi women, he says, and children could play with board games and other things on Shabbat. However, however, that's only the opinion of the old Letzion. From the list we've mentioned before, Minuhat Aban, Hotani, both of them say that it should be Asur because it's a game. 
And like we saw also from, it seems to me that would be the opinion of Magin Abraham Mishnah Berurah, that being that's made to be a game will be asur to the Osrim. To the Matirim, so they have a three line. So bottom line, what do we do with other toys? Balls we already learned. It's mahlokit if it's mukseh or not. And it's forbidden to play with it for adults, for sure. Little kids, if they play with it, they have what to rely on as long as they don't get lost with it. The other toys, also there seems to be a little bit of a spill in mahlokit, but certainly there's more to rely on over there that's not mukseh. And if ladies and younger kids who don't have anything better to do with their time on Shabbat, of course, they should be able to read books and and you know engage in more spiritual things. But if they want to play these things without getting lost with it, you have matirim. One last item over here regarding this halakhot, and that is inflating a balloon. A balloon also. To inflate on Shabbat, it's also mahalokit. You should ask your local rav. Some matir and some forbid it. And even those who matir, if it's blown once before, then they're matir it. So you have to ask your rabbi when it comes to these kind of halakhot. Seems to be that we're out of time. Um, we'll give you the phone number if you'd like to call in. We have another few minutes here. If you could call and catch us before 3, 3 or 5, we'll take your question off the air. Otherwise, you can send a text to 347-927-8398 or you can call in 718-683-5858. Bezat Hashem, next week we'll meet again. We'll continue in the Hachot of Mukseh. And this class will be aired on again tonight at 10 o'clock. Also, don't forget, this Sunday night is Tubishbat. Sunday night, Monday, is the holiday of Tubishbat. And Bezat Hashem, this is Tubishbat is a sign of all the holidays coming up. Bezat Hashem, these should be the holidays that we should spend in Eretz Israel. We should only hear Surot Tobot Bezat Hashem amongst all Kladisai. Thank you for listening. Thank you, J. Root, for hosting us. And we'll see you again next week. Until then, have a wonderful week and a Shabbat Shalom.